You're listening to CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. You're listening to The Self-Advocate with your host, Allison Klein. On this episode, it's going to be so much fun. We're going to do summer sports this episode. So something totally different in the sun, in the nice warmth in Vancouver. I'm going to learn a lot. I hope you guys will learn a lot as well. So don't miss this one. But first, let's put on our intro theme song, Possibilities by Key Sarah. Possibilities by Key Sarah. Key Sarah is a mother-daughter duo from Ontario, and the daughter who is singing is on the autism spectrum. You're listening to 
the self-advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Facebook at Allison Mira Klein and on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Mira. This episode is all about summer and summer sports. So much fun. You don't want to miss this one. I'm going to learn a lot and have so much fun because it is summer. It's, we're in the middle of summer. My first guest is Avi Nachmani, who does the Adaptive Sailing Association. I am in person with Avi at Jericho Beach. So much fun. I love Jericho Beach. Thank you so much, Avi, for being on my show. First off, the Adaptive Sailing Association is for people with physical dif- disabilities and the boats which I, you just showed me are, for, are adapted for people with physical disabilities. What started this? What spawned this? Okay, so this program started like 32 years ago or something like that uh, by in Expo 86, Vancouver Expo 86, uh, Margaret Thatcher visit Vancouver and she brought a boat that called the Iron Lady that was done in England and it was adapted for uh, disabled sailing and I think she gave it to Rick Hanson and he basically didn't sell so he gave it to Sam Sullivan and Sam took it and developed all this program basically from, uh, from that boat so basically, we are part of the Disability Foundation, or before it used to be called the Sam Sullivan Disability Foundation, and we have seven or so organizations under this, this main organization. It's all non-for-profit. So we have the Adaptive Selling Association, which is where we are now in the Jericho, the location in Jericho Selling Club. And we have eight boats that are designed and built specifically to, um, to accommodate people with um, um, challenges of you know, either physical or, or other challenges as well. And the, the idea is that um, they can come and they sell with us or we can teach them how to sell and then they become uh, independent sellers. The boat that we are using currently, they're called Martin 16, and they were designed by a local boat builder, Don Martin. And he, after seeing the, the original boat that came from England, he basically improved about the concept and built bo- better boats. And since then, we own the mold of the boat, and it's been built in different boat builders in Canada and we sell it all over the world in Canada in the States and other countries as well and um, yeah so that's basically what we do with the selling with the sell program so I love that name the Iron Lady the Iron Lady yeah this, such this a one, yeah such yeah. a befitting name for the yeah for the old boat yeah so um, with with our boat so if you are um, if you have upper, upper body movement, you can sit in the boat. The boat is, will never flip. It has a big weight underneath and a, and a nice keel attached to it. 
And the first stuff is we do, we drop the keel down so the boat, regardless of the wind, will never flip. So it's a safe boat and uh, you can operate, if you have the upper body motion, you can have the steering in front of you and two lines for the sails. Or if not, we have all kind of equipment that we fit on, depending on the sailor. Uh, we uh, you can use like a um, joystick to basically do the steering and sell out and sells in. You can use sip and puff, which we have few sellers that using selling very beautifully and it's amazing to see it using sip and puff. And we even did some um, interesting project using brainwave to control the boat. And um, we had lots of fun with it. But that's basically was a, a, a pilot project. We, we, we don't have it as a commercial uh, unit yet. And it's so cool that it's it was the Iron Lady which we're sitting beside right yeah. now. It was donated to Sam Sullivan yeah. and I interviewed another person earlier this year yeah. who started the Adoptive Music Society Correct. with Sam Sullivan. Yes. He's yeah. everywhere. Yeah he's everywhere. Yeah so so under our organization the Disability Foundation or the Sam Sullivan Disability Foundation we have the the sailing division we have a paddling and um, and kayaking and paddling and, uh, uh, and uh, uh, paddle boards center, which is in uh, Olympic Village, in so in, near the the Dragon Den location. So the first uh, shade there on the water, the most west one, is belong to us. And people, when we have adaptive um, double kayaks and we have special paddleboard that we put people on a special wheelchair which is locked on the paddleboard and they can go paddleboarding on them on their own um, we have a hiking division so we have a special uh, trail rider which is a basically very adaptive um, kind of a well bureau in a way or something anyway we, we put the person in it and then two or more volunteers will take it and go hiking i knew someone who did that he had ms yeah. and he was put into yes. this adaptive um, adaptive hiking yeah. hiking and yeah. uh, uh someone from the jewish community uh -huh. volunteered to take yeah. him up until the, yeah. this guy had yes. passed on and he loved it i mean they loved it and any anything that we do here honestly for the people that we provide these services it's amazing it's a life-changing they tell us all of them that they are waiting all winter that the winter will be passed and the summer will come and they will go sailing or be on the water or go hiking and they're really happy and appreciative of what we're doing here we have the the music at division and we have the tetra group which basically build all kind of gadgets for people to enhance their daily routines you know and um, yeah so we have a bunch of we have like a, uh, like a gardening adaptive gardening program uh, so that's basically what the, the, the whole organization is doing yeah how did you f get an get involved with this so myself this is like a semi-retired kind of gig for myself I I volunteer with with this program for the last maybe 15 years and a couple of years ago they the organization asked me if I if I'm willing actually to run the program 
for the summer. So it fits my life perfectly now, so that's what I'm doing. So I think it's good for all of us. And uh, yeah, so that's how I'm involved with this. So true volunteering. I volunteered for many years with this organization. I, I love what we're doing here. We're doing amazing work here. And when I had the opportunity to actually work for the organization part-time, like in the summer, I, I said, yes, I would love to do it. What's your favorite part of the sailing, the adaptive sailing? So I'm basically the program coordinator for the adaptive sailing and the, um, the kayaking and the hiking. They're all wonderful programs. With the sailing, is sailing it's really with the element and negotiating the element, the wind, the water, and every day it's something new. And all our clients, you know, enjoying the challenge of being on the water and um, and sometimes it might be if there is no wind and it's just hot and sunny you know it's calm and maybe boring a little bit sometimes it's too exciting because you know the wind is so high and the wind and the, the waves and you get wet and you almost kind of anyway it's very exciting so i i love you know doing it with, with or providing this service to people that uh, otherwise will not have this opportunity. They will not be able to go selling. And I love enable them to go selling on their own if they can. So um, so that's honestly, the, and, and the reaction of the people and the, um, how they enjoy it, it's like amazing. It's amazing, yeah. You mentioned that it changes you people say that it's changed their lives yeah. how has it changed their lives it's changed their life because often they will be stuck in their wheelchair or and they will not have access to go to exciting adventure you know activities and here they come and they are leaving the wheelchair you know aside and they go into a boat and they sail which is very exciting and they can learn how to sail on their own, then they can go solo if they master the skill in a way and even go and race on their own with the boat. So that's, we have like a racing group as well. So it's really opening opportunities Open. for them, yeah. Opening doors. Opening doors. And, and um, like in Hebrew, I my, Myself, I'm from Israel originally, and in Judaism there is a, a scene, the saying, Tikkun Olam, which is the repairing of the, of the wall, repairing the earth. And for us, for me, this is like a Tikkun Olam, because we are dealing with people that either were, you know, had the, the unfortunate to born with some kind of disability or they had some accident along the way and their life changed completely. And we just provide a sweet spot in their life and a sweet program that they can feel free and be on their own or with other people a lot of the interaction with the client as well is the social they like to be with other people even if they come and there is a volunteer or a staff member that go with them selling that's part of the experiment for them like the experience with them that they are it's like it's a social event for them so it's not only that the physical movement that massage their back, you know, because some people tell me that, you know, being in a chair all day or being in one position all day and then you come to the water and the boat moving all the time, it's like amazing massage to their body and stuff like this. 
but there is a social connection in, with, a, with a volunteer or with a staff member that take them out and you spend an hour with somebody in a very close proximity and you can get to a real interesting discussion and so that's very very helpful as well that's a great spot for quick break don't go anywhere because i am learning so much and i'm having so much fun i hope you guys are too so come back keep on listening to the self-advocate did you know that Vancouver Co-op Radio CFRO 100.5 FM has over 90 different shows produced by over 350 community members? This wide range of programming produced by our diverse group of programmers ensures that we have a show you'll love. We have shows on feminism, spirituality, disability rights, politics, unions, and parenting. We play jazz, indie rock, reggae, blues, and folk. We broadcast in a dozen different languages and have more First Nations programs than any other radio station in Vancouver. Find your show on Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. All different, all the time. Listening to CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM and the Self Advocate with your host Allison Klein. You can find me on Facebook at Allison Mira Klein and on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Mira. This episode we're talking about summer sports, all about summer sports, so much fun, and I'm in the middle of talking with. Avi Nachmani, who is the coordinator for the Adaptive Sailing Association. Oh my goodness. And we're outside at the Adaptive Sailing Association at Jericho Beach. I love Jericho Beach. I can't say that more. So to turn the tables a little, what are some of the more difficult parts of coordinating the Adaptive Sailing Association? I wouldn't call it difficult, but I will say, you know, what we are sensitive to or what we try to overcome is to understand, because some of the clients that we have, they are non-verbal. So when I take a client for a sale, I'm not sure if he's excited or if he's scared or if, you know, because, so I'm trying, we, all of us, trying to kind of communicate with the client to start with, but if they are non-verbal, learn from their um, loved one that bought them selling with us what's you know did they sell before how are they comfortable in the water how does it work for them and then uh, try to assess you know so the challenge is to to really try to figure out you know he's happy or she's happy it's not that they are stressed or they're stressed so we should really take it easy with them and bring them back maybe you know in a quicker than than the full hours of sale so those are kind of the challenges that we have because um, not everybody's suited to be on the water you know some people have like uh, seasick and yeah so that's uh, yeah I, I would say this is a and and the we sitting with them for an hour or up to an hour in a boat in a very small 
distance. And we need to feel that they're feeling comfortable with us and we're feeling comfortable with them. But this is all about the client that we have here. So the challenge that we have is, okay, how do we sit, how do we adapt our like cell with them to make, it sh make sure that they're comfortable and they're happy and it's a positive experience for them. Have you seen any negatives or any, have people said, oh, why this? No, it's not that, oh, why this? It's just that some people are scared of the water. And you don't know it until, you know, you're on the boat in the water and it's the wind picking up and it, the, water, the, the sea is, you know, it's a little bit rough and you can see that they're getting very, very intense, you know? So you, you just have to kind of say, okay, it's time to go back, relax, you know, don't worry, we're going back. You kind of communicate with them, although you, you might even not get an answer from them because they might be non-verbal, non but you know, they, you know, there is, you know, they, they know what's going on and what they feel. So, so yeah. Why should people care about the Adaptive Sailing Association? Because it's very unique experience and it's experience that otherwise certain, you know, segment of the society will not have. And uh, from what I, the feedback that I get from the people that we take out there, it's amazing for them. It's like one of those amazing, amazing experiences. Even that some, often I talk with a person that let's say he had an accident and they broke their neck or something and now they are quadriplegic. And they said to me, you know, I never sailed in my life. I never had this opportunity and now my life become much more restrictive in a way and and here i come here and i have a new experience and a new participate in so it's, it's amazing from that point of view if someone comes to you and they have a disability and they want to go sailing yeah. what's one piece of advice you would give to them come try it you know and if you don't like it don't worry you know either if it's too scary for you you know no, no, it's okay, you know, we will not do it, or we'll go out and we'll come back after 10 minutes, who cares, you know, but you try it, it's an experience. One last question, what would you, what's one piece of advice you would give to someone with a disability who wants to do any type of summer sport? Everything is possible, and we, like, our organization provide paddling, hiking, and sailing, you know. And then there is the adaptive music, adaptive gardening, and other organ, other other program that we provide. But I know that there are adaptive uh, skiing program, adaptive um, para like fly. Um, what I, I don't know. There is a lot of a Sports. lot of programs available. You just have to look for it and see what is within your reach. You know, here it's. We didn't reach for anybody in the lower mainland, you know. We have actually, yesterday I went with a guy that came from Chilliwack. So it's like sometimes people traveling more than an hour to get here to do this experience with us. So um, it's existing, it's well-established program. Come use it. And have fun. And have fun, of course. <laughs> and have fun. And, and enhance your life. That's the whole, we are enhancing people's lives. That's the idea here. So. That's exactly what everyone wants, is to enhance their lives, yeah. right? So much fun, and have fun at it. Yes. So, yeah. how does someone find you guys? How, does, how can 
uh, the listener find the Adoptive Sailing Society? So, I, I, you know, again, we are part of the Disability Foundation organization. So, um, they can look for uh, the Adoptive ASA, Adoptive Sailing Association. They can look for the BCMOS, which is uh, have under it, its wings have the sailing, the sorry, the paddling and the hiking division. All of those are under the um, um, Disability Foundation website. So we have various websites and you can get the information from there. You can do the booking on the web, you can do everything on the web and then come and have the experience with us. And are you on social media or? Yes, we are. But I cannot tell you exactly <laughs> where to go. <laughs> where to go? Yeah. Just Google you guys and yes. find you guys yeah, on. There is Facebook pages. There is, there is all kind of. Uh, we are. Yeah. There are very good people in the organization that put in a lot of hours to spread the word. So. That sounds so much fun. Oh my goodness! And yeah. he gave me other ideas for other shows. I know. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on You're my show. Very Thank you for having me. Thank you to Avi Nakmani of the Adaptive Sailing Association. You can find them through their website and on all social media, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Up next, I'm going to be talking with Michelle of the BC Wheelchair Sports for who is their tennis coach for the special summer sport edition of the self-advocate on CFRO co-op radio 100.5 FM with your host Allison Klein you don't want to miss this Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM is political. Co-op Radio is poetry. Co-op Radio is tango. Co-op Radio is gay. Ecology. Comedy. Feminism. Philosophy. Yoga. Reggae. Bicycles. Trade unions. Gospel. Live. Local. Asian. African. Vancouver Co-op Radio is community. Your community. Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO, 100.5 FM, all different, all the time. You're listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio, 100.5 FM, with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Facebook at Allison Mira Klein and on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Mira. This is the special summer sport edition because we're in the middle of summer. So much fun. I love summer. I am going to be talking with Michelle, who is the tennis coach for the BC wheelchair sport. So much fun. I'm hopefully going to learn even more right now, like everybody else, and have fun. Hope you guys will, too. Thank you so much, Michelle, for being on my show. Thanks for having me. Right off the bat, what was the inspiration for BC Wheelchair Sports, and 
why is it so important to have BC wheelchair sports? Uh, so we're actually celebrating our 50th anniversary this year, which is very exciting. Um, we've been around for a long time. Um, and, and when we started um, sports and recreation in general for people who live with disabilities, um, they weren't as available, um, they weren't as mainstream. Um, as they are now. And so we really um, were a place where someone who had a physical disability could come um, and be treated like anybody else and participate in a sport. Um, uh, Parasport in general um, has a lot more barriers to participation. And one of the big ones is the cost of equipment. So we know for children um, of any ability, say they want to play hockey, um, hockey equipment's really expensive and everyone talks about that and there's there's grants and, and things out there. Um, but if you compare hockey equipment to say a wheelchair rugby chair, um, it's, it's, you know, probably twice to three times more expensive just for the chair to get started um, in a base level chair. So a sport chair costs about $10,000 uh, for a rugby chair. And, um, and so those are some big barriers to overcome uh, just to try a sport. Um, and so our organization really um, exists to um, try and reduce all of those barriers. So whether it's accessibility of facilities, uh, transportation, um, access to peers and coaches who understand um, parasport and disability in general, and then equipment um, loans. Um, we really try and reduce all the barriers. So our participants really only need to think about what sport they want to do and not how um, they're going to overcome all those barriers to get involved. That is really interesting to hear about because you don't hear about the cost of the adaptive equipment for people with disabilities and athletes with disabilities. Yeah. We see our like the Paralympics on TV and seeing how exciting that is if we get a gold, if Canada gets a gold, you don't hear that a, a wheelchair is $10,000. Oh my goodness, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and I mean, I should clarify, you know, like a, a tennis chair is closer to 3000 to get started for like a base level chair. Um, but still, that's a lot of money to, to try a sport and then maybe you don't like tennis. <laughs> um, you know, it's not like buying a pair of running shoes. and But like a pair of running shoes, you do uh, outgrow them. So if you start young, um, you're going to need multiple chairs throughout your lifetime. If you get better at the sport and do want to pursue something like the Paralympics, you need better equipment, faster equipment, um, more specialized equipment. And so those costs really do, um, they add up and they are prohibitive for a lot of people and especially anyone who maybe has an acquired disability and is learning to navigate their life in a different way. That's a big cost to um to, to try and take on early on. Um, but we also know it's so beneficial to participate in sport um, physically, but also socially, emotionally. Um, and so we, we really wanna reduce the barriers where we can so that people um, just have to think about what sport they wanna do, not um, all the other things. What are the benefits? You mentioned benefits like the social and emotional benefits. What are the social and emotional benefits of doing wheelchair sports like tennis? 
You know, I, I think um, a lot of the benefits are the same for anyone who participates in sport, whether they have a disability or not. Um, so you get um, a sense of achievement, uh, confidence. Um, when you exercise, you get endorphins. So you um, feel a bit more positive maybe after you exercise. But for someone who, um, and especially someone who might be the only person in their school or their workplace or their community who has a disability, uh, to be able to participate in a sport with a lot of um, other people who have similar experiences, um, that can be really life-changing. Um, in, in some ways, it can just be a sense of community, a sense of belonging, but in, in other ways, um, people learn um, skills from each other. So an example would be if if you're on a tennis team or if you're on a basketball team, um, you can maybe you have to travel to a tournament. And for a lot of people, that will be the first time they ever get on a plane um, as a person living with a disability. And so learning how to navigate that with teammates um, or even coaches with experience, even if they don't have a disability, who can help you navigate that and give you the confidence that translates into other aspects of your life um, as well. So then maybe you can go on a vacation with your family or your friends um, and feel confident that you can get on a plane or you can stay in a hotel um, and you don't have your home supports. Um, but we we find with a lot of our athletes, um, that's a that's a big piece of it is that sense of community and access to people with similar experiences. How did you get it started as a tennis coach, by the way? Because it's summer sports. Summer One of the summer sports is tennis. How did you get involved with being becoming a, a tennis coach? So, so I should clarify, I'm actually um, the program manager for tennis. So I don't think um, anyone wants me to be coaching. We wouldn't uh, do very well at the national championships. Um, we have an amazing coach. Her name is Sarah Hunter, and she is a... Paralympian in wheelchair tennis, um, and she's a former number two in the world. Um, so she does most of the coaching, but I um, do a lot of work getting people involved. I give them their first experience in wheelchair tennis. So I can hold a racket and lob some tennis balls um, and talk a lot about the sport, but she's the coach. Um, and I got involved, um, I'm actually a recreation therapist. So um, in all of my work, I help people who live with a disability access recreation and leisure. And I actually volunteered with BC Wheelchair Sports um, for some time. And I just love the organization. I love the work they do. Um, and so our previous uh, tennis coordinator moved away and um, I was offered the position. Um, and I didn't know very much about tennis. And I had to learn very, very quickly because we had to host a number of tournaments that year. Um, and then that was uh, almost six years ago and I haven't left. So um, learning more and more about tennis every day, um, I get to, I have one of the best jobs ever. Um, I get to help people get involved in sport and I get to see them on their journey through sport. Um, and that's just uh, an awesome experience. That sounds like so much fun. And one of those cool things to be able to first volunteer and then get a job for this. That's how I got into many of or several of my my jobs through the library because I'm trained in in library and then oops I got a job. <laughs> yeah it kind of works like that. There's a number of our staff that either started on contract or volunteering or a short position and, and yet they're still with us years later. That's a good thing. 
That's a really good thing. What are some of the positives that you've seen since you've started volunteering and started your job with BC Wheelchair Sports? Um, since experience-wise, um, I was very lucky to be able to go to um, a team event. It's called World Team Cup. Um, for wheelchair tennis, it's similar to the Davis Cup uh, in standing tennis. And um, uh, some of our junior tennis um, athletes, um, actually, they're both named Thomas. Um, and then there was a girl named Puisan from um, Ontario. And um, they qualified for the junior team event, team tournament. So um, I got to go to Italy, to Sardinia with the national coach um, and the team and our provincial coach at the time. And that was just um, such an incredible experience for me. I'd never seen um, tennis at that level. So it's basically all the athletes that would compete in the Paralympics, um, but they're there competing as teams for their countries. And I just, it was so eye-opening to me to see the level of competition around the world, um, to see just the number of players um, and the opportunities out there. Um, and and that, was, that was huge for me in terms of learning about tennis and my development and my ability to tell people about tennis and all the exciting opportunities associated with it. Um, uh, something that, that we've really grown since I started is our junior um, programming. So we have a lot more um, junior programs around the province and we're, we're always looking to start more. Um, and that's been huge because tennis is a bit, it's a bit of a hard sport to learn. Um, it takes time to get really good at it. Um, and so the younger we can start kids learning to push a sports chair while holding a tennis racket, the better. Um, you can start late. You could start at 50 if you wanted or older. Um, but if we can start more kids early, um, we just see so much more success. And there's so many uh, fun opportunities for juniors. There's, there's junior camps around the world and there's travel opportunities. Um, and so there's some really fun things that if we can, we can have enough juniors playing, we can um, do. So that's been really, that's been a great um, thing. And probably my my biggest passion is getting more kids playing wheelchair tennis. That sounds like so much fun. And to be able to travel to places like Italy, I loved Italy when I was there. And to see people who are at such a level, like the Paralympics, must be so eye-opening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I knew... Um... I knew a lot about the Paralympics in general. I knew that it's very similar to the Olympics. Like these athletes are in peak physical condition and, and they are really are true competitors. But I think just to see the level of tennis out there, um, Canada is a huge country, but we don't have a very large population. Um, and so we don't have maybe as many uh, wheelchair tennis players as other countries. Um, and, and so I'd seen certainly a high level of tennis, um, but only a couple players reached that level. Um, and so to see like a lot of players in one place, um, was really exciting and, and really awesome. On that note, that's a perfect spot for a quick break. Don't go away because there will be more info and more fun stuff about BC Wheelchair Sports and Tennis on the Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Alison Klein. 
Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM, an idea worth stealing. Vancouver's original community radio station since 1975. You're listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Facebook at Allison Mira Klein and on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Mira. This episode is all about summer sports, having fun in the sun, which I love. I love summer. Right now, I'm talking with Michelle, who is the tennis coordinator for the BC Wheelchair Sport. I'm learning so much, and I'm having fun at the same time. Who knew we could have fun and learn at the same time? So to turn the tables around a little, what are some of the more difficult parts of of coordinating the tennis program for BC Wheelchair Sports? More difficult parts. Um, I think we technically serve the whole province, um, but it's, I'm only one person and we only have one provincial coach. Um, and so making sure that players that are in different regions of the province get the supports that they need um, in order to train um, and develop that passion for tennis. Um, that is that is difficult. We're very reliant on community partners and we have some incredible community partners. Um, we have a, a coach that um, coaches for a junior program in Kelowna for us. Her name is um, Eva Miller and she's so passionate and wonderful and the program would not be what it is uh, without her. Like we, we play a very small role in that. Um, we have coaches in Kamloops. We have coordinators um, up north and on Vancouver Island, um, but just keeping track of all those people and and making sure that that everyone has what they need that programs can continue to operate that that participants know about the programs um that is that is a challenge that's a big challenge and then also you know um if there's a competition for example we just had a wheelchair division in the stanley park open hosted by tennis bc in vancouver um, then, you know, anyone that doesn't live locally, they need, you know, transport and hotels and they need time off work. And so helping them to navigate all of that and, and offering those supports, um, it's not, it's not, I wouldn't say it's incredibly difficult work, but it still takes a lot of time, um, to, to make sure all those arrangements are made and that everyone has what they need all the time. Do you ever get someone who says, why do why do we have wheelchairs BC wheelchair sports? Why do we have tennis like for people with disabilities? Why should people care? Ah, uh, no. I think more often people are surprised um, by the level of um, play. So we we host some tournaments, uh, one in Vancouver and one in Kamloops when there's no pandemic. Um, and they're, they're not, they're not like Paralympic level tournaments, but they are, you know, they're still, um, competitive tournaments and higher level. And, um, we get a lot of questions or a lot of comments like, wow, like, I, I think they might be better than me just by like random people walking by the tennis courts. And, and it's kind of like, well, are, like, are you a competitive tennis player? And, and they'll be no, well, then yeah, probably they're better than you, right? Just because someone 
plays tennis uh, in a wheelchair doesn't um, automatically lower the level of play. And I think that's more the um, comment or confusion. I think in general, people are just learning and they're, they're impressed. They don't, they don't mean any offense by it. Um, but I think it's really important for us to host those tournaments um, in very public spaces and to continue to um, raise awareness about parasport in general um, and the level of uh, competition that these um, athletes truly compete at. And, and we also have, you know, recreation, recreational level programming. Um, so you don't have to be a competitive tennis player. You can be a beginner. You can just play on Sunday afternoons and, and we would support someone to do that. But I think understanding that someone could, you know, have a career as a wheelchair tennis player could, you know, compete at a high level. Um, I think that's where people get a bit um, or are a little less aware. I don't, I don't think today most people think there shouldn't be uh, adaptive sports or wheelchair sports. Um, I think they think there should be. They just don't necessarily understand um, what that means. Where do you guys practice? Uh, we um, are very lucky to have a number of partner um, organizations. So YY Tennis Club uh, in um, Steveston has been very, very good to us for a lot of years. Um, and they allow us to use some space there twice a week. We also use uh, tennis courts around the province. We right now have a junior program uh, at Goldstone Park in Surrey. Um, once a week, uh, we have we use rec centers like Parkinson Rec Center in Kelowna hosts our junior program. We work with private tennis centers like the Kamloops Tennis Center, who also hosts our tournament for us. Uh, UBC Tennis Center. Um, the Tennis BC Hub, the Stanley Park Courts, uh, all over, wherever we can get court time. That is that is also a challenge. That is a big challenge. And it sounds like it's a lot of fun being able to be so spread out and being able to see different parts of the city and different parts of the province. Do any of your athletes go on to the Paralympics? Um, yeah, they do. Um, this year, um, it's a very, uh, limited draw. I'm sure you've heard about, uh, Tokyo and all of, um, the challenges that they are having, uh, due to the pandemic. Um, but we do have an athlete, um, he actually competes for Ontario, but he is living in Kelowna to complete his PhD because he's an underachiever, obviously. Um, his name is Rob Shaw and he, um, won gold at the um, Parapan Ams in Lima, Peru. Um, I guess that was in 2018, maybe 19. And um, so he is going, um, he's ranked number nine in the world. So he'll be competing in Tokyo at the Paralympics. Um, he's the only Canadian tennis player who will be there this year. Um, but we're very excited for him and, and to watch him and to see how well he does. You've inspired me to watch the Paralympics now. <laughs> it be so much fun. Go Canada and wave the Canada flag if he ever wins, right? Yep, absolutely. One last question. If a person who's a wheelchair user wants to become a coach for tennis or wants to become an, a tennis athlete and wants to go to the Paralympics, and play tennis, what's one piece of advice you would give them? Uh, start now. So it takes a long, a long, long time um, to 
become a player of that level. And that doesn't mean it's impossible. It's absolutely possible. Um, but you, you need years of training and practice and experience. And so if you're thinking that you want to play wheelchair tennis, then I would say reach out, find a program or a coach, and, and BC Wheelchair Sports can help anybody do that. Um, and, and then go from there. You, you know, some people um, achieve their goals of going to a Paralympic Games re- relatively quickly. And, and, and by that, I mean like, five years um and some it takes longer um but you know the entire there are other tournaments there's a world tour um you know at wimbledon and the u.s open and the australian open there is wheelchair tennis at those tournaments um and then there's just there's a tour um that maybe isn't as famous um but there's there's opportunities to travel and compete and meet new people so i would say just get involved see if you like it uh, and then, and then the Paralympics can be a, a goal um, for down the road. I mean, and I also want to um, point out that um, even though we are called BC wheelchair sports and all of our sports are played in sport wheelchairs, no one needs to be a, da- a daily uh, wheelchair user to participate. So we have many athletes who are maybe amputees who have um, gait issues, who have um, other disabilities, who walk with. Uh, crutches or cane or unassisted um, who are still eligible to participate in wheelchair sports. So you don't need to be a daily wheelchair user. You might be eligible to play our sports anyways. Um, and so we always encourage people to just reach out and get more information and, and, uh, and, and maybe we can introduce you to a new sport. That sounds like so much fun and so inclusive. That's a big thing to be so inclusive of all disabilities. How can the listener find BC Wheelchair Sports? Uh, so you can go to our website, which is bcwheelchairsports.com. Um, we are also on Facebook as BC Wheelchair Sports um, and Instagram, and we post lots of information there as well. Um, at BC Wheelchair Sports again. Um, We are in the process of starting all our programs um, back up again after the pandemic. So we have wheelchair tennis and we have wheelchair athletics right now in the summer. Um, And then uh, uh, in the fall, we'll also have wheelchair rugby starting back up. Um, And we can connect you with other sport organizations as well if you're interested in a different adaptive sport. Um, Or people, uh, so you can go to our website or people can contact me directly. Um, my email is michelle at bcwheelchairsports.com. And and watch the the Paralympics coming up. Cheer on, cheer on for Team Canada and the the tennis player from here of all places. He's living in Kelowna of all places. Yes, absolutely. So go check BC Wheelchair Sports out on their website or on social media. Thank you so much, Michelle, for doing this interview with me. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. To end this show out, let's put on the outro theme song, Better Miracle by Kiprios. Kiprios is a Vancouver-based rapper. Even though he does not have a disability, The song Better Miracle talks about having a better tomorrow, but not a miracle. You've been listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM 
with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Facebook at Allison Mira Klein or on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Mira. If you've missed any part of the show or want to listen to it again, you can find it on anchor.fm or wherever you find your podcasts. Enjoy more programming, everyone. Today, my window, the sun came through. Today was the day I thought I'd look to. My window felt the pain that I knew. The sun heard about it when he came to, came through. Good looking out, I needed you. Today was the day that didn't need rain. My window looked to me to make a change. The sun rising to the occasion came through. Good looking out, I needed you. Oh, oh. myself I'm gonna be okay remember back then I've come a long way the dream may never ever be the same but came true get here with you and that'll do I know the road I'm on is not an easy way remember that I will define the path I take the dream yeah I'm a dreamer what can I say came true get here with you and that'll do I feel it's in my fingers I know it's in my soul now don't need I don't need a miracle just want to get a bit better I feel it's in my fingers, I know it's in my soul now Don't need, I don't need a miracle, just want to get a little better oh, oh. I'm not asking for a miracle, oh, oh. just want to get a little bit better mattering in life i feel it's in my fingers i know it's in my soul now don't need i don't need a miracle just one 